one of my buddies on he started a Tallahassee F1 fans thing. He's been listening to the podcast. He said, I post this solely in response to you and Dylan talking smack about my Mexican brother, P5, P6, contender my ass. <laughs> Most common podium for Stappen, Perez, and Russell. I disagree, sir. My buddy Drew texted me, just finished the predictions episode. We are going to have to get caught up on your view of Perez, but sounds like you're expecting a very entertaining season overall. <laughs> I need to work out if I like the new Aussie, but I'm sure I'll be his biggest fan in about a week. They're Australian, so. <laughs> Perfect. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. It's race week. Oh, my gosh. We're finally, finally. here. We are a mere like four days away from start of practice we've finished testing three days of testing drive to survive is dropped and now the next thing we have is te- uh practice <laughs> fp1 Free practice coming on friday oh dude i i am pumped i can't believe that it's finally here we finally got to see some cars on the track the past few days we got a little like half lap mini race that happened at the end of testing which we could talk about it's been exciting man it's it's fun Dude, testing was awesome. Very like non-entertaining, no crashes, no craziness. Like, but as far from like the technical aspects, seeing the cars and what they're doing, it was awesome. Um, definitely had some winners and losers yep. in there as well. Um, and next year, for all those I know that listen to it already, our 2023 predictions, go listen to it because it's awesome. But we're doing it after testing next year because i want to make some changes already <laughs> we should just do like an amendment episode be like all right remember how to. i said this i was like not anymore i don't think so yeah totally changed my mind not on check oh, though. Man. sorry everybody so yeah i know i don't know what i think it's weird like i just told you that my buddy he hit me up about checko it's like people have a soft spot for him look i like checko too I just don't think that he's championship material, and I think they could find a better driver in that seat. I I find it funny. I had such a big soft spot and loved Checo. We were so excited to go to the Mexico City Grand Prix last year with Checo, you know, fighting for the number two spot. Like until we started this podcast and started really like talking and diving into the driver pairings, and then Checo has right. slowly moved down the list as we dive deeper and deeper into the drivers. And it's like, I still really like him. I just, I don't think he's the one anymore. Yeah. It's funny. I'm watching the race. My youngest daughter, she'd be like, vamos, Checo, vamos, Checo. Yeah. I I root for him. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Well, he's just kind of moved down on the technical aspect of things well i know a lot of people were pumped that he finished the testing in the with the fastest pace but again as we go through you know what we think of testing and all that you have to remember this is just testing like it it doesn't mean that much like it's you get some good insights but you gotta remember this is one big game so a lot of teams are still potentially sandbagging a lot of teams are going to try to hide their true and their actual pace and you know what? Some teams might show up, and, and I'm sure one of these teams we're going to talk about it's, didn't do very well. Who knows? They might show up, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and actually like put out and be really well or really good, but who knows? Um, again, it's just testing. Don't look too much into it. Um, but now that we say that, let's look into it. Let's look into it. I, I agree. And so many of these, like, you almost have to throw lap time, pure pace and lap times um, from the screen from the chart at the end of each day, like, Oh, Sergio set the fastest time. You kind of have to throw that completely out the window. 
Um, there's, you know, testing is over eight and a half hours in the desert track temperatures vary greatly. How much fuel is everyone carrying? What tires are they on? Like, we'll get into that, but it's, we're kind of more looking at how the cars performed going around and around the track over time and how the performance has changed, how stiff they were, how rolly they were, how, you know, how much the drivers were wrestling them. That is a whole lot more of what testing is about as opposed to the lap time posted at the end of the day. Right. Wasn't it after day two? Wasn't Zhou Yu number one? Zhou Yu topped the charts on day two. Um, and I think, he just I think barely blipped Verstappen off of that. But right, they right. were on, you know, for example, from that uh, day two, Zhou Yu topped the track, uh, topped the chart was on C5 tires, and he blipped Verstappen out by like a tenth of a second, who was on C3 <laughs> hards. Like, Barely beat Red Bull on softs at the best pace possible. Red Bull's probably still sandbagging and was on hards. Right, yeah. So let's overall with the with all of testing, what was kind of a good surprise that maybe you saw from these teams? Red Bull's untouchable right now. Oh, for sure. I, I don't untouchable. There was not a single weakness showed. I mean, they they look absolutely ominous. Like, yeah, they they came in like we said. Like, they had clearly the fastest car last year. We didn't think they were going to go back any at all. It seems like if anything, they've made some improvements, and it is you know Red Bull's championship to lose, or you know we'll see. As long as they got two two drivers up there, but yeah, they, yeah. that car looks fast, man. They are they are in a good position. It looked fast. It looked tight. Like it just, it was awesome. It, it completely untouchable. You know, um, but, also with um, like on the good surprises for me, and I think a lot of people, one of the big positive surprises over the the testing was the strides that Aston Martin has made. Yes, I I think like we talked before, and like you know, I, I have a huge disdain for Lawrence Stroll's face. But when it comes to being a boss and leading a team, like I that his five year plan seems like it's a, re- a reality at this point. And watching, you know, Drive to Survive, you got to see a little bit with Otmar. I can never say this guy's last name, Snap Bow, yeah. whatever his last name is, right? The current Alpine uh, team principal. He was formerly at Aston Martin, and he said, you know, one of the reasons he left was because Lawrence Stroll, when he came in, is like it, the environment changed. It wasn't as fun. It was all no nonsense. But I mean, you got to look at it. Formula One's a business, right? This is a multi-billion dollar investment that these people are making. So when they come in, they expect to make changes. So if you take over any company or department or, you know, in the military, take over a unit, it's underperforming. Like you're going to come in and you're going to change the, whatever they're doing, you're going to change because it's obviously not working. And it seems like that's what Lawrence Stroll is doing. And they're finally starting to see some results from that. Um, so as much as I don't like his face, I, I appreciate his leadership style and what he's doing with that team. And Aston Martin is looking good right now. Yeah, I'm are. excited to see how they perform on track. They've got you know, best of race. the rest potential for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy. Cause you look at, uh, um, Fernando Alonso and everybody's like, Oh, why would you leave Alpine to go to Aston Martin? It doesn't look like such a bad move now. No. Not at all. And I mean, and you've, you've got a backup driver in there who's the F2 champion, but has never sat in an F1 car before. And, you know, he was doing pretty well getting to grips with the car and he's probably going to be racing next week for them. 
um, since Lance Stroll hurt his Whittle wrists while cycling. Um, apparently he had to have surgery on it. Like, he's going to be out for a month. Didn't a few years ago, didn't Fernando Alonso get hit by a car while he was cycling? Probably. I'm pretty sure he did. He got hit by a car, and he got, like, jacked up. And I think this was right before he came back. Um, but him, you see uh, Valtteri Bottas, he's an avid cyclist. See him in, like, pictures in Montana or whatever in the U.S. mullet just flowing in the wind. (laughs) He's my winner. I don't don't (laughs) care, man. I am a Bottas fan now. Like, he has swayed me over to his side. It's just the whole the whole package. All right. Well, I've got. Let's run it down by teams cool. for testing. Let's go. So I've got reverse order. We're gonna start with Williams. So Williams racked up second most laps overall. Um, the car looked pretty good. Logan Sargent did three race distances on day two. <laughs> did like a hundred and fifty five <laughs> laps. That's got to be exhausting. Um, Got to be exhausting. But for a brand new driver, like coming to grips with the car, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, the you know, that says a lot towards your reliability, like all that stuff. Um, I will say, so generally for all those listening, testing on day three is when most people do like their simulated races. They do like their race pace, higher fuel loads, running um, different tires and kind of doing what they would, their, their race simulation. Um, for the Williams's race sim, it looked a little slow. Car looked a little mm. lazy, kind of rolled a little bit. Um, doesn't bode well. But if you compare Bahrain preseason 22 to this year, they had the greatest improvement in time. They improved by like 1.7 seconds. Um, so definitely improvements for Williams. I think they're still going to be squarely at the very back, though. Nice. I I was actually kind of pleased with what I saw from Logan Sargent. And I think yeah. moving forward, can we just refer to him as Big Sarge? Big Sarge. Big Sarge. I I hopefully, you know, he'll be making some big moves. I just want to call him Big Sarge. Every time I see his name. Like, what up, Sarge? What up, Sarge? So Sarge. Yeah, with you know, I honestly didn't see much from from Williams. So and just I mean, a lot of I mean, good stuff getting so many laps in. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's going to help with the development so much. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, though. I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up. for. Yeah, Williams. don't get I would say to everybody, don't get too excited and think that they're going to be anything higher than, you know, seventh, maybe. In the championship, yeah. who knows? No, no chance of going higher than seventh. Right. Um, All right. So Alpha Tauri. Jesus, dang team. So, yeah. And if you if you just take the driving charts. Yuki posted a pretty quick time. I think it was P4, P5 overall on the third day running on the soft C5s and going, you know, probably low fuel load. Looked pretty quick, but over the three days, the car looked lazy. The drivers were constantly wrestling it. Um, It seemed to understeer really bad. A lot of going off the track. Like um, they put the most laps in overall. And I mean, it did not look like a good step forward for them at, at all. Um, and now we have the rumor mills, which if we're here in the rumor mills, I can only imagine like actually in the weeds of it all that Alpha Tower is talking about being sold. Yeah. Which would be wild. You know, when I started looking into this, I didn't realize that Alpha Tower, the brand, the fashion brand was actually owned by Red Bull. Yeah. I, I had no idea until I saw this, which is pretty interesting to see. But yeah. And so did you see the interview with, um, Oh, what's the Red Bull owner name? Uh, Marco. Uh, Helmet Marco? Yes. With his commentary on selling Alpha Tauri? Uh No, what'd he say? 
He basically was like, yeah, I mean, he's great because he's like a total Bill Belichick, straight to the point, direct. I mean, reporters always get little snippets from him. Um, but he was just basically like, yeah, it's a fashion designing brand that ain't doing too hot. I'd sell it too. <laughs> like, um, you got to say, I mean, it makes sense. Like only, I don't know. It's, I wonder how much money they're wasting on that team, especially if they're, you know, ninth place on the grid. Like I can understand if they were consistently like up top of the midfield or something like that, but I don't know. It didn't look good at all. And I, I mean, on the whole fashion line, is Alpha Tauri fashion even sold in the U.S.? I don't think I've I don't seen think it. so. I looked at their website, and their website is not U.S. It's like all yeah. Italian-based or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. What do you yeah, think? They of, didn't look good. What do you think about uh, Nick DeVries, though? I thought Nick DeVries did really well. I think he's absolutely probably going to beat out Yuki Sonoda. Um, it's not saying a whole lot. I think that I think he also had a hell of a time controlling that car. Yeah. Um, and trying to punch in fast lap times. So he's definitely got talent, it looks like. Um, it'll be interesting to see what plays out, though. Yes, it will. All right. So, up from Alpha Tower, who we got next? McLaren. Oh, the absolute losers. Can you imagine being Lando Norris right now? Like, what a step back. Got this like new contract going till 2025, I believe. And it's just like they're making all these promises and then they show up with this. McLaren is borderline in a vacuum based off of this testing, like going to be worst of the rest. They're going to be competing for like P7. That sucks. I want to be such a big McLaren fan. Like I'm right here. Like now that Danny's gone, he was my favorite. Now that Danny's gone, I would say Lando is probably, you know, one of, if not my favorite drivers on the grid right now. I'm excited about Oscar Piastri. I just can't get behind the car. It just sucks right now. It's I want terrible. them to give us a good car to be proud of and to be a fan of. It, yeah, and it's it's bad. The wheel brows, those um, pieces the, that go over the front wheels, they kept breaking. They're having a hell of a time keeping those things together. Like They put in the fewest laps of all 10 teams, which is not good for Oscar Piastri right. having the least amount of laps in a brand new car that already looks like hot shit. Um, even Zach Brown said they missed the mark. Yeah. Like, eesh. Well, it was interesting that that one interview he did where he was like, all right, well, we basically started developing the car and then we realized that this wasn't the best route. And so we, but we had a better option, but that just meant that we had to completely redevelop a new car. And he's like, but it was too late, but we'll get that car. But I think they said basically in by Baku or something like that, like, three four races in so they're just basically giving up all these points at the beginning of the season who knows how far ahead or how far behind they'll be when they get the upgrade and by the time they get the upgrade everybody else is probably also getting upgrades so how much is it really going to help it's just i don't know i feel bad for lando and i would say like if they don't get their shit together quickly he's going to be looking for an out and with him him. yeah with, with his talent i'm sure another team with deep pockets will be willing to buy him out and, and to get, get him out of there. And I would be, yeah. you know, all behind, I'd be all for it if I was him. Yeah. McLaren is not doing hot. That was, it was bad. Clear losers of testing. What a shame. Yeah, it was. Um, next up Haas, um, man, Haas looked good. Yeah. Haas looked really good. They look strong. Um, the car looks great. They've got, 
they're actually potentially going to be able to hit the budget cap this year with Ooh. the new title sponsor of MoneyGram. Yes. Because um, in the past, they have not. Um, well, and they're saving all that money by not shipping, <laughs> by having that little micro <laughs> pit wall. <laughs> they're having three men on the pit wall. That's it was funny. The I saw the meme. It was like it was like the guy she tells you not to worry about, and you. <laughs> and it was Red Bulls in there. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, but they look good. They also looked great last year coming out of the gate. I mean, uh, K Mag hit a P five finish. What hamstrings them every year is the updates. They yep. just didn't have the budget and the testing and the development to continue to keep the car in, up at pace with everyone else. So, uh, to me, it looks like Haas is potentially going to be in a similar boat, and it's up to them if they can bring up, you know, with the new title sponsor, where they're probably going to come out of the gate super strong. We might see another Nico Hulkenberg or K-Mag up there in the top five, potentially. I mean, it yep. happened last year. Um, but are they going to be able to keep that pace of development moving throughout the season? Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, now they don't have Mick crashing a car every race. Hopefully they can see. Did you see the total dollar? uh, Yeah, it it was a lot. Like, it's no surprise he lost his drive. $4.9 million in damages he did last year. I mean. To a team like Haas that is on a shoestring budget. Like, But, you know, so now, like, the best thing that you can hope for with them is, like, they're going to seize this opportunity get as many points as they can at the beginning so that once the other teams, you know, as they outdevelop them, they'll be able to ride on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, I want to see Haas do well. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know, the American team, you know, whatever. Kind of. Kind of, right? And, but still, I want to see them do well. They've done so poorly for so long and they got some characters there and you want to see them do well. So, yeah, what, and... What do you think of uh, Nico out there next to uh, K-Mag? He looked good. It'll be uh, interesting. Um, you know, we were going to talk about drive to survive watching, um, you know, the Haas one, um, one, I didn't realize Matteo Bonato and, and Gunther Steiner were so close as friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, no wonder Haas has every for- or Ferrari part you can possibly purchase, um, right there. And, but I thought it was hilarious that in like the opening scene, Bonato was like, you know, talking to Gunther and he was like, you're the protagonist of the Netflix show. <laughs> it's like, man, Gunther totally is yep. the entertainment value. Um, but seeing him and then K mags episode where K mag was like, Oh, I used to be so aggressive. He's like, when I drive, I feel absolutely no fear. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like, you know, I have a kid now. And so I have to be not so, you know, aggressive and crazy. And so I'm going to tone it down and I'm much more mature now. And I'm like, Oh yeah. So seeing him and Nico out there, I was like, Oh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but they look good. The car looks strong. Car look well put together, well planted. Uh, I think they have a real chance to score some points out of the gate. Cool, man. I, I really hope so. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Alfa Romeo. Um, man, another one, very similar. We could basically copy and paste Haas down to Alfa Romeo. It looked great. Um, similar as last year, Botas came out of the gate, um, beating Mercedes and everyone was like, Oh man, who would have thought like <laughs> moving back to Alfa Romeo, you'd be competing with Lewis Hamilton now. Um, but they just got outdeveloped throughout the year. And I think it's a similar story here. The car looked super good. I mean, Zhou Guan Yu on soft tires and with unknown fuel load and blah, 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 set the fastest time on day two. Um, you know, the, the car looked great. They, the whole team seemed ecstatic. Like you saw all the interviews with all of the Alfa Romeo guys. Everyone was pumped. There's a ton of confidence. It, it looked great. We'll just see how it 
pans out throughout the year. Dude, after seeing these cars on track, I can say like the Alfa Romeo is probably it's my number two or number three favorite looking car. That car is gorgeous. That red and the black together looks really nice. And, you know, the whole, like, last year I wasn't a fan of them whatsoever. I, I didn't like them. And a lot of it has to do with me, like, the look of the car, you know. I didn't like the look of the car. I like it now, so now I'm more inclined to like the team. But, like I said, with everything Valtteri's doing this year, I like I like Alfa Romeo. I don't know anything about Joe Guan Yu because last year he just was kind of there. He not really didn't really get much coverage. Um, but except I, for at Silverstone. Except for at Silverstone, true. Um, but I, for the wrong reason. But I would like to see them do well. I want, I want to see them, you know, do well. Um, but we'll see. There's some other, you know, with the likes of Aston Martin, they've got some stiff competition in the midfield. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Next up is Alpine. Um, kind of interesting. So Alpine was like by far the slowest car out there for testing, like. These guys are sandbagging. They you had think? a whole lot. Yeah, I do. Um, very good air of confidence in all of their uh, meetings. Um, the team seemed really happy. Uh, they stayed on medium and hard tires basically the entire time. I don't think they set, put a set of softs on much at all. Um, they looked really stiff. That was one thing that, they, that a couple of commentators were po- pointing out, that the car looked real stiff. But how good that is for downforce because if you have a real stiff car you can run more downforce because his car is not going to bottom out as easily um and so there's just a huge question mark over alpine they were fast last year um i don't see this car being a step backwards for them to be the dead last in testing i think these guys are sandbagging next or this weekend will be interesting to see where they come out at imagine this Alpine comes out swinging next week, right? Comes out, finishes the race, you know, P5, P6, somewhere around there. And you're Oscar Piastri floundering somewhere (laughs) in 17th place. (laughs) And you're like, no. (laughs) Uh, Guys, JK. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, I was just playing. I'll take that tweet back. (laughs) Yeah. No yeah, I don't kidding. know, man. That's going to, that's, that's interesting to see, you know, if they are actually sandbagging. Um, which again, like we said, it's testing. It's a very real possibility that they might be, um, and they seem like a team good on them. Yeah. And like you said, like you see the teams that are just generally upset about their performance, but like you said, they're not, they don't seem that way. Their body language isn't matching their performance on track. So either they're completely clueless or they've got a trick up their sleeve and they're actually really happy about the marks that they're hitting. Um, which is exciting, man. It's another aspect of, of the strategy behind Formula One that's so cool to see. And like, there's so many different layers. It's not just going out and flooring it and going as fast as you can down the track. There's so much more to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. pumped to see how they do. And we'll find out, you know, hopefully by Saturday, we're definitely going to see some pace out of these cars, their actual pace, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, qualifying on Saturday is going to be a blast to see where these cars shake out at. I'm glad this race isn't like super like ass crack early like some of the races yeah. like 10 a.m is not bad yeah it's nine for me i get to wake up and make breakfast and mm. watch i'm glad we're getting more races here in the u.s because i get tired of waking up at you know super early to watch these things yeah uh next up is aston martin as we already kind of hit on man awesome performance even without lance stroll having Drogovic in there first time racing um alonzo looked great 
Um, and if you look at like, I've got it pulled up in front of me. I know y'all can't see it. If, if you look at the timings of where they came in every day, on day one, Alonzo came in a tenth of a second behind Verstappen running same tires. Right. On day two, they were third fastest right behind Verstappen running the same tires. On day three, they were a little bit further back running the same tires, but they beat Russell and a, quite a few other people. Like They look good. Oh, yeah. um, that, they're going to be a fun one to watch, and they got the money to continue the development. Yes, they do. And, you know, Aston Martin is another one, right? So you got to think, we don't have Lance right now. And potentially from some of the reports, we might not have him for a, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, but darn. Where they finish, though, like they have, they have probably off of what we've seen, seems to be they have potential to be a solid like P4 in the championship, right? Yeah. But it's all going to depend. We know Fernando's there. Fernando's going to be getting points. Hopefully he's not breaking the car all the time. Um, but Lance, like, you know, what's he going to be like? It, it, we always, well, in that one pocket, the unpopular opinions one, mine was that Lance Stroll is not that bad of a driver, right? But I caveated that by saying he has zero consistency and he makes some of the dumbest racing decisions we've ever seen. So if he can kind of curtail that and keep his shit together and not just like completely careen into somebody else or just like, forget that he's on a racetrack with, you know, 19 other people and just plow into somebody. If he can do that and consistently score points then they've got a good shot. Um, and I mean, best thing you can hope for at the beginning here is that Djokovic has got enough experience. I mean, he, hell he's formula two champ, so he's good. Um, yep. but hopefully he's got his head around that F1 car now to where he can come out in the first race, two races, however many races he's in, actually put in some solid performances. And if any, if he does that, he's basically a shoe-in if a seat opens up next year. Yeah, and it'll be just kind of playing the devil's advocate. If Lance Stroll doesn't do that well, if he does continue to forget he's the only person on the track and he rams, you know, br- swerves under braking or takes out half the grid on the start line or whatever his normal antics are, it's going to be really hard for Daddy Lawrence to keep him to give him that seat again if Alonzo's consistently close to podiums and Lance is nowhere near it. Yep. And like family ties are great and all right up until we're running a hundred million dollar business and you're screwing us. <laughs> and like I said, like I want to see, and I'm sure they've had this conversation before, like what is the cut the cutoff? It's like, hey, if you start performing this bad, it's like we gotta pull you, right? And I want to yeah. know what that line is, because there's a line somewhere. Maybe his dad goes and buys like a, a, I don't know, a a GT team or, you know, whatever, puts him in a Porsche or something like that and has him racing a different league. I don't know what it is. Um, But yeah, I I don't, I don't see him being able to stay there with Aston Martin's aspirations if he consistently underperforms. So I think now he's finally going to have the pressure on him where he's going to have to like step up, you know, especially if Drogovic is killing it. And plus we got another Brazilian driver on the, on the track. That'll be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I know his name sounds Slavic as all get out, but he is Brazilian. <laughs> well, don't forget uh, Lewis Hamilton's Brazilian now too. Oh, that's, this is true. This is very <laughs> true. But uh, yeah, he might actually have, you know, I don't think I, I'll be curious to see how that goes down. I'd love to see it. Maybe daddy Lawrence is just going to set up another cycling a- accident. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to finish the job. <laughs> <laughs> you only broke his wrist guys. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Aston Martin looks like they could be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, for me, this is after the three days of testing. They're the ones that I'm going to be watching the most now. So I'm, I'm moving on to Mercedes. Oh, here we go. Um, interesting. Not the best testing. Yeah, showed some weaknesses in in certain areas. Um, I thought it was really interesting. They talked about with uh, Toto Wolf going coming back with the zero pods, and in typical. Toto fashion, he was like, you know, kind of exactly what we were talking about with McLaren. He's like, we figured out the zero pods. We don't think that the zero pods were necessarily the the issue. There was floor issues. There's all these other issues. If we get rid of the zero pods, we create a brand new car, and we just wasted an entire year of testing. Yeah. He's like, so we're sticking with the zero pods. We think we understand it. We think we've got a good line on it now, and, you know, we're fixing a lot of the issues. And it looks like they did. Car didn't porpoise real bad at all. Um, you know, it, it did look a little bit like George and Lewis were wrestling the car around the track. Um, this is the one, this is the big one for like our predictions that I want to change. Mercedes is not going to win the driver's championship. No, you don't Um, think so? No, I don't. I think based on how they did at the end of last year where they were really competing, I think they have an absolute, they will be a top three team hands down. Um, but they do not have the pace of that Red Bull. Even if at the end of the year they're winning consistently, there's no way they're going to come out of the gate this year competing against Red Bull. Nobody is. Oof, that's interesting. Yeah, Red Bull, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one to beat. Where do you foresee them coming out in the Drivers' uh, Championship? P2, P3. They're going to be competing with Ferrari. Um, They look fat. I mean, I I think it's going to be – I have steadily, over the past year, become a bigger Mercedes fan. Yes a bigger Mercedes fan. Um, couple of things with that one. Nobody can say Lewis Hamilton is only great because of the car he drove. True. He is clearly through all the testing and everything he did last year. Show he's capable of developing a car and look how far that car came from the beginning of last year to the end of last year. They're still a little bit behind starting of this year, but they're going to continue to development. I love the mentality over there at Mercedes. Um, it reminds me a ton of, um, just a a team that is not demoralized by not having a great car. If anything, they're energized. Oh yeah. It's a ton of fun to watch what's going to happen with them. Um, they're probably the ones I'm most excited to watch just from a pure, like you cannot, it's like for we're you know, we're out of the United States. I'll make an NFL comparison. It's Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady, you know, just dominating with the New England Patriots. And everyone's like, oh, is it Bilicek? Is it Brady? You know, is it, it's just the team. And Tom Brady goes, okay. And he moves to Tampa and then wins a Super Bowl with them, builds a team out of nothing. And it's like, okay, no one at all can, you know, say Tom Brady's not that good or it's the team. Like, and Lewis is doing right. the same thing right now. And it's a blast to watch. Yep. I 100% agree with you on that. But I still don't know, man. With the Drivers' Championship, I, it's still, I think it all comes down to Sergio. How yeah. is he going to be once he gets in that car? Because he's going to be the deciding factor, right? Everything yeah. is on his shoulders. Um, I don't know, man. I, I still, I still see Mercedes. I still see him being a challenge. It's going to be, you know, like, like, I don't know, man. I still see him, see them as a challenge. They, I see it. They're going to be up there competing. Red Bull's not going to run away 200 points ahead like they did last year, but I don't, I think they're going to get too much of a gap early on. Yeah. But I didn't, let's finish out. 
Let's finish out Mercedes real quick. So real quick for the testing, they looked okay, wrestled the car around a little bit, had a very surprising end of day two hydraulic failure, which is very unlike Mercedes. They are like Mr. Reliable. Their stuff doesn't ever break. And so, you know, car couldn't get fixed in time. George didn't get to run the full second half of the day on day two. Um, But otherwise, just kind of, you know, figuring the car out wasn't anything special. Yeah, they didn't come out as hot as I thought they were going to be. I foresaw, you know, a lot more improvement in the offseason. But, you know, that's what testing's for. So who knows? Hopefully they'll go back. They'll make some improvements. And now, you know, come, you know, FP1, FP2 and all that, you'll see a, a much faster car. Yeah, we'll see. So Ferrari. Ferrari came out looking strong, um, which isn't really all that surprising. The car is just a a next evolution from last year's car. Same thing with like Red Bulls. The car wasn't drastically different. It was great last year, um, and it was just a little bit more improved this year. Um, you know, talks about the engine being improved. They had to run the engine at a lower power setting last year because of the reliability issues and catching on fire and all that good stuff. So apparently it's turned back up again. Um, we'll see how that pans no out. No flames yet. <laughs> no flames yet. I'm sure they're coming. Um, but Ferrari looked good. They looked fast. Um, th- I think the question is going to come down to reliability and consistency. Yeah. And a lot of that is going to come down also to strategy calls. And we'll yep. see. We'll see how that has been improved or not been improved. Um, I, it's got to. I mean, you can't get any worse. Like, no, that's true. <laughs> there's nowhere to go but up. You think, you hope. There's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> um, and last is Red Bull. We've hit on it. They looked incredible. Fastest lap on the last day. Not even on the soft tires. Um, Checo started out. They they did a re- weird strategy where Max ran all of day one and half of day two, and then Checo ran the rest of it. No mm-hmm. one else did it like that. Um, and the big reason that no one else generally does it like that is because of the evolution of laps and improvements on the car by day three, the car is generally at its best form because you've had, you know, two other days of testing. And so Checo kind of got the best version of the car. Um, and he started off a little bit slow on day two, but by the end of day three, he was spot on. The car looked great. There was like, you couldn't even tell there was an issue with the car. It looked so good. There's yeah. no clear flaws. Those guys are a, a cut above the rest. So definitely want to, so. they're, they're without a doubt the fastest team going into it. So it's just yeah. going to see, you know, who's going to make up the rest of the field at this point. So, um, kind of summarizing it. So we've got three kind of clear divisions of car development, which is a ton of fun, right? It's right. not like, the last uh, generation of cars where they all look roughly the same. Like we've got some clear divisions. You kind of have, they're calling them the bathtub cars. So that's the Ferrari, the real wide side pods with the high edges that sinks in. You mm-hmm. kind of, it's bathtubby. Yeah. Um, you have the Canon cars, which is the Red Bull style. You see it with Aston Martin. Williams is kind of doing it a little bit um, where you have the inlet with that long running down the side of the side pod. Um, they're calling those cannons because it essentially creates a cannon for the air to go out the back by the exhaust pipe. And then we have the zero pods from Mercedes. So I thought that was cool. We got kind of three clear divisions of development. In summary, McLaren did horrendous. They're going to be, you know, the funny thing is, is like it's grading on a scale, right? McLaren did so bad that they're going to be in like, eh, maybe P6 or P7. They're still going to outdo Alpha Tauri 
Williams. Like they're not going to be in last place, but where they should right. be, did it bad. They're not. Um, they're not making the improvements like they should be. They're going the wrong no. way. Very, very much so. And I thought the same thing for Alpha Tauri. Um, Alpha Tauri actually, if you compare last year testing to this year testing, was slower. Um, and then new midfield. I think we have a new midfield here. And here's my prediction for it. Ooh. It's going to be Aston Martin, Haas, and Alpine. Wow. Haas. Throwing Haas they're looking, in there. They're looking that good to you, huh? Not, not in that order per se. Right. Um, you see, the hard part, I have Haas slash Alfa Romeo question mark. Like Aston yeah. and Alpine, and then Haas or Alfa Romeo. And I'm kicking McLaren down to like P8. Ooh. Yeah, I think we have a solid probably four-team midfield at this point with those Aston Martin, Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Alpine, potentially. If they were sandbagging, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think as always, like that's where you get some of the most exciting battles is in the midfield. Yeah. So I think the midfield this year is something really to be excited about and something that you really are going to want to watch. Um, cause there's just, those cars are so close and they've all got good drivers. They've all got, you know, somewhat comparable cars. It's not where like you got Red Bull, you know, 30 seconds ahead and then Mercedes and Ferrari. Um, so I'm pumped for the midfield, man. This is going to be yeah, good. I am too. So that's my midfield prediction. And then I want to ask you, based on testing, who's going to win Rookie of the Year? Oh, man. So obviously I said it was going to be Piastri, right? Yep. But given that car, I just don't know. So, I mean, if we're still... Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, looking at... If we're going just off of testing... Just off of what we've seen at testing, I'm still considering... Off of the current amount of knowledge that we have, yep. new, do you want to change your prediction? You know what? I'm going to... I'm looking at the course of the year. It's a long year, tons of races. I'm going to say that they're going to get it together enough where P- Piastri is still going to win. But I will say that at the beginning, I think Nico, I'm still counting him as a, a rookie because he's coming back. He's new. Nico is going to take a lead in that. And then as Haas development kind of trails off and hopefully McLaren's development picks up, I see them kind of like switching. And I think Piastri's still going to finish it out on top. I've got a lot of faith in the kid. I think he's got a lot of raw talent. And so I'm hoping that the car matches his ability. He is too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. For his sake. (laughs) That's all I've got on testing, man. I know you wanted to talk a little drive to survive. Dude. Yeah, so first off, that was awesome. Good breakdown on the testing. Um, so Drive to Survive, we've got a couple days. I've gotten to, I think you said also, we've both gotten to the fourth episode, so the, the Haas mm-hmm. episode. I think for me, one, one of the highlights so far was episode two when you got to see that uh, um, team principal meeting with Stefano Domenicali. Like normally you don't get to see stuff like that. And to see how like um, Toto came out and he's like calling out the other teams for the porpoising. And then Christian Horner is like, fix your fucking car. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's, you see, that's the problem I have with Drive to Survive is I don't know how much of that was contextually accurate. True. You have to be like, careful. The whole conversation was very cut and pasted and certain, yep. like, where the things that Toto was shown getting mad at, like, didn't make sense with the rest of the conversation where, 
Like I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for the actual conversation, but the drive to survive version of it, I'm like, I, that doesn't seem accurate to right. me. And that's, that's and then, one of those things where even the drivers come out and talk about it. Like last year they made a huge ordeal and made it seem like Danny and Lando had a lot of rivalry and a lot of contention between the two. And both of them came out and they're like, no, that's not the case. And I mean, that's why Max has, he sat out for however many seasons and didn't even do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you have to be kind of like testing, right? You have to take it with a grain of salt, but man, for sheer entertainment value, it's awesome. I love it. So much drama. I did love Toto's quote um, when they were like, oh, thank you for joining us for the documentary. And he goes, this isn't a documentary. This is closer than Top Gun. This is closer to Top Gun than a documentary. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. And and good on them for still including that, right? Because I think everybody knows at this point. Um, But the other part that I thought, uh, oh, I just completely lost my train of thought. You got me thinking about Top Gun all of a sudden. <laughs> I thought the relationship between Matteo Bonato and Gunther oh. was very interesting. They kind of went really far into that and then driving that tiny little car around <laughs> Italy, I assume. Right. And, but uh, oh, that was kind so of a here's what it was. relationship. The other part I thought was cool was or was interesting was that on the Haas episode, Every time something happened, Gunther Steiner's like, oh, I got to go call Gene and like goes off and has like this secret conversation with Gene, who clearly is the guy that's pulling the strings, but he's like never really there. Yeah, Gene Haas and clearly like he's never really there. He's only, you know, they showed him in person a couple of times, but it's just so funny. Like he's like the mob boss behind the scenes that's causing or pulling all the strings there. Um, It's got it's kind of an interesting because if you look at like I've never understood why like AT&T paid for the Dallas Cowboys stadium and it's AT&T stadium. Like I don't get that marketing because I'm like, it, Oh, I'm on Verizon, but I saw AT&T paid for the Cowboys stadium. So I'm going to switch over to AT&T. Like I never really right. got that, but for a team like Haas who does CNC, you know, manufacturing, like I think I can see that being a huge uh, marketing thing for Gene Haas to be like, look, my CNC machines, you know, help manufacture the, most advanced cars in the world. So I don't know if it's such a passion, like for Lawrence Stroll, it is as much as it is a like business marketing decision for Gene Haas. Yeah. It's interesting to see the difference between those two, right. And their styles. Mm -hmm. Um, The other part I thought was cool was you got to see a little bit into on the Mick Schumacher episode um, where it was uh, um, Kevin Magnuson and Gunther Steiner talking. And he was like, Hey, well, what about, I guess they were already deciding they're getting rid of Mick for the next year, potentially. So he's like, well, what about Ricardo? And, you know, Gunther's like, he wants $10 million minimum and can't afford him. And he's like, well, what about Nico? And it's like, you, you never really think like, oh, maybe, maybe you should kind of talk to your drivers and confer with your drivers because that teammate pairing is like a big thing. Like, yeah. kind of like the Alpine. Like, now they've got two drivers who, by all accounts, don't like each other whatsoever. So how's that going to work out versus a team that's going to mesh together really well? Um, but yeah, I, I hear there's a lot more. The next episode is the Danny Ricardo episode. So I'm going to watch that one tonight. I hear there's a lot more of the contract negotiations in that one. Oh, that'll be good. I'm interested to see that one. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I like the you know background on KMAG. I thought that was interesting. Um, the team principal meeting. It, it's I, I can't like Christian Horner either. <laughs> he doesn't look good in that show. And I remember you told me that before. You're like, oh, I'm much more like Toto. And I was more team Christian at that point. 
But the more like I really dive into things and the more I look into it, I really respect Toto's leadership ability and what he's doing. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm starting to become more of a Mercedes fan, even like Total Wolf fan and all that as well. Christian just looks like he's sitting there smugly <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, but Christian goes home to a Spice Girl. Let's not forget he about that. He does go okay? home to Ginger Spice. <laughs> all right, so moving on from Drive to Survive. Let's talk about this Alpha Tauri, potential Alpha Tauri sale and potential ramifications for that. That's pretty pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Like it kind of makes sense that you would want to. Red Bull's the only team with two like legitimate teams on the on the yep. grid. Um and but one thing I, I did read was that we talked about this in one of the other episodes too, is high tech has potentially re uh I guess Reacknowledge their interest in buying a team, potentially mm-hmm. Alpha Tauri. And high tech, if you remember, Nikita Mazepin's dad, Dimitri Mazepin, is the owner or a really high up guy in high tech. So I don't know how that's going to work out or if it would even be yeah. possible. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, like, if they do decide to sell, it's going to open up, you know, to a lot more possibilities for new teams coming in, even more so than the, I guess, the two teams that FIA has already announced that they'll allow into the grid. Yeah, it definitely, it's interesting. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, if we're reading about it and hearing the rumor mills, there's, there's, it's so much further along mm-hmm. than someone letting it slip that they might be thinking about it. I mean, Helmet Marco's talking about it, which is, that's huge. Um, so I, it wouldn't be surprised if they're already in talks with someone about taking the team over. Um, I think the question becomes who and how does that relationship with Red Bull stay? True. Or not stay. Right. I'd, I'd happily get rid of the little sister teams. Like, I think it should be 10 independent constructors out there. You don't get like your, I think you get a lesser team to like also experiment with and share parts with and see how that testing moves around. And, oh, I'm testing out those drivers. Like, I think everyone should be on the even playing field. No, you got one constructor. Right. Yeah. Like, same thing with Williams and Mercedes, Haas and. Ferrari, like all the three big teams kind of also have their underling team. And I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't want that gone. <laughs> yeah, right. Switching drivers back and forth and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see how that plays out. That's just, you know, another piece of interesting news to keep an eye on. All right. Last thing. It is What's race up? week. Yes. So Friday, free practice one and two. Saturday, free practice three and qualifying. Yep. And I think, you know, the free practices are always... People are still sandbagging. It's just like testing. You can't look into the times. You can't, you know, they're testing out tires. You don't know fuel loads. So that's kind of whatever. But qualifying on Saturday is where no shit rubber hits the road. You run um, what you brung. Let's see what you got. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that. And then lights out on Sunday. Oh, man. We're here. Days away. We'll be doing this next week at this time, talking about the first race. And I cannot wait cannot we're never i was thinking about this we're never going to be able to do like a live broadcast of during a race of us watching it because i am walking and pacing and standing yes the entire time if it's a good race i'm definitely like up yelling at the tv if if i'm not then it's not a race you want to talk about anyways i'm just sitting there on the couch probably with the kids yelling at me going "Mm, is anyone gonna pit yeah like if it's a good race i'm not gonna be able to talk into a mic (laughs) Well, that was awesome, man. That was a fun one. I like this. I think yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just the excitement in the air being race week as well. And there's been a lot more action this past few days. 
I'm so excited. Well, I'm so ready for Monday. We're going to have a whole race weekend to talk about. Like, oh, yeah. Here we go. All right. Well, I think that basically is it for this one. If you like what you heard, make sure you give us a like and subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you're watching or listening to this on any podcast platform. Uh, give us a review and make sure you share it with a friend and make sure you join us next week. Same time, same place for our first race recap. Ah, finally. I've been wanting to say that for a long time. Oh, I can't wait. Um, all right. Until then, stay classy, America. See you next time.